Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. No, summer is pretty much done and over, and it's no fall will be here, and the cool temperatures will be here as well. So get it over to Leon Tailoring. They can keep you nice and warm without burning a hole in your pocket. So maybe a little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a nice long sleeve shirt, or for ladies, maybe a nice heavier blouse, or heavier skirt, or dress. No matter what it is, you can get over at Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy, they'll take care of you like they've been taking care of me. Almost 20 years since I've been here in Indianapolis, they've been here longer than 100 years. So swing up by Leon Tailoring and tell them Abdul sent you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Well, Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch has talked about axing the tax. In other words, getting rid of the state income tax has become a cornerstone of her platform as she runs for governor. So we'll talk to her about that as well as a few other items as well. And she joins us in studio. Samantha, Lieutenant Governor, always good to talk to you. How have you been? I've been great, Abdul. Just crisscrossing the state, visiting with Hoosiers, listening to their concerns, and they're being crushed by... You know, inflation, cost of living, and Bidenomics. Um, so uh, let's talk about, let's start with uh, your acts of tax proposal to get rid of the state income tax. And then lawmakers are looking at uh, whether we can get rid of the income tax. How, how exactly would your plan work? Let's start there. Well, first of all, as I mentioned, I've been traveling the state and I've been listening to Hoosiers and they're being crushed by the high cost of living, by inflation and by Bidenomics. And we have an opportunity to give them relief during this period of time where they're struggling, many of them, to whether they pay the rent or they pay for their prescriptions. And so we're going to, uh, I'll lead the fight to eliminate Indiana's individual income tax. And as you mentioned, we're going to call it Axe the Tax. Uh, You know, there are those that say it won't be easy and it won't. And there'll be those that'll scream bloody murder and say we can't do it, but we can. And I will tell you this, we have the opportunity to put thousands of dollars back into Hoosiers' pockets. Uh, You know, the big spending bureaucrats, the special interest groups, my opponents, they'll say, we can't do it. But that money is not theirs. It's yours. And people will always know how to spend their money better than the government does. And we have a chance to give it back to them. We're going to do it by limiting government growth, by ending wasteful government spending, by finding efficiencies in government. And when we do that, Not only are we going to grow our population, but we'll give a shot in the arm to small businesses. We're going to attract companies and workers here to Indiana because of low income tax. And one of the things that will happen is that Hoosiers will prosper and our economy will benefit. You know, the Tax Foundation in Washington, D.C. ranks Indiana ninth in the country for our overall tax environment. Seven of the eight states ahead of Indiana either have no sales or income tax. So when we eliminate our income tax, not only are we going to put thousands of dollars back into the pockets of Hoosiers, but we're going to grow our economy. And by the way, that money we put back into the pockets of Hoosiers will end up in our economy. But we're going to attract more people, attract businesses, grow businesses that are here. And that in turn will add to the economy. Uh, we can do it. And it's going to be a bold, transformative proposal, but we will do it. Uh, Indiana generates about right now, I want to say, 8 to $12 billion in income tax revenue. Uh, oh, that's a little high. How do, how do, you, <laughs> how, how do, you, how do you eliminate, and, and, just talk about, and, and just so we're clear, we're talking about the individual income tax. Is what, we're talking about the individual yeah. state income tax, state yes. Tax. Uh, so, my question, so my question is, how do, you, how do you fill that gap? Because obviously, we talk about you know, waste, fraud, and abuse, and you can always cut that and, and streamline government, but can you find 8 to $12 billion? Well, you're not going to do it overnight, mm. Abdul. We will have a phased-in approach, and there will be triggers that will be 
uh, built in so that if we have an economic downturn, we'll be protected. But we might we might have any number of ways to limit growth. And I think that's the important thing because the growth that we have experienced over the past 10 years, uh, I remember when I was a state representative, my last session was 2013, and our two-year budget, biennium budget, was $30 billion. We just passed a $44.5 billion. So the growth that we experience in revenues will be going back into people's pockets, into reducing that individual income tax. So we will have to limit the growth of government and tie that government growth to some kind of uh, some kind of a, a, a you know, a, a parameter, maybe that is uh, 2% of uh, inflation-adjusted growth income, you know, for expenditures. But we have to limit our growth, and, and those additional revenues that come in will go back into reducing that individual state income tax. Our guest in the program today is Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch, also a candidate for governor. So we talked about her acts of tax proposal. That's her plan uh, to eliminate the state income tax. Uh, I did some math, and half the uh, education and Medicaid are our two biggest budgetary expenditures. The The revenue generated by the income tax basically covers 55% of Medicaid, 55% of school funding and Medicaid. How do you... How do you how do you account for those two those those two big expenditures if we get rid of the income? Tax? Well, I want to make it clear: this is a tax cut. It's not a tax replacement plan. And so, by limiting the growth of government, because government's gotten pretty big, and by limiting the growth in government, we can direct those additional revenues into reducing the individual state income tax. So we don't have to look at cutting. We just have to look at reprioritizing and redirecting revenues. Uh, what programs uh, would you say are, are ripe for efficiency? Uh, well, you know, I think we need to reimagine our state government. I mean, it's time to take a look at state government and look at how we can, you know, streamline state government, how we can put more efficiencies in state government, you know, how we can uh, look at, you know, those kind of agencies that uh, their duties and their responsibilities, maybe we'll allow them to pair with others. I think we have to be in that kind of frame of mind as we look into the future. You know, we have the General Assembly has created the tax commission to look at, you know, our overall tax environment and whether it makes sense for the future and attracting the businesses of the future. I think we have to look at state government and do go through the same exercise. You know, the state government that we have today, does that make sense for the government of tomorrow? I mean, perhaps we need to look at streamline. Well, I don't think perhaps we need to, I will tell you, you know, we should look, go through the exercise of looking at streamlining government and making it more efficient and more cost effective. Uh, one of the other things, too, uh, with respect to eliminating the income tax, is, uh, I know uh, that, like you're right, the, the Tax Policy Commission, uh, chaired by Senator Holman, is looking at uh, eliminating the income tax, see if it can be done. I guess my question is, uh, Indiana's income tax rate is, what, 3.2% and some change, the individual income tax rate? Um, so would you just go, like, 3.2 to you know, 2.5 to 2.4? I guess how long would it take to phase out the income tax? Well, I know that Governor, or, or that uh, Senator Holdman, who chairs that tax commission, has come out and said he's in favor of eliminating the individual income tax. He wants it to be done by 2029. Uh, so, you know... As I said, it has to be phased in. It has to be done responsibly. And then we have to have triggers in place so that if we have an economic downturn, we don't threaten the services that we're providing to Hoosiers. I know in some places where they where they have no income tax, uh, they've made up for it either higher property taxes 
or they have an increase in sales tax, or uh, my lawyer friends will be mad at me. They they put sales tax on services. Uh, like I say, when you go get your car done, you pay taxes on the on the parts, but not necessarily the labor. Is that uh, an option, or you're just based on about elimination altogether? You know, as I said, it's a phase in it's a phased in process that'll have triggers to protect against economic downturn. And again, it's not a tax replacement; it's a tax cut. You know, I will lead the fight. You know, I, as governor, I will lead the fight to eliminate the individual income tax. The General Assembly has to pass that, of course. I understand that being a former state representative. And, and state auditor. <laughs> and, and, and current, you know, president of the Senate. But I will lead the fight to do that. And, of course, the commission that the General Assembly has created is taking a look at all of those things. But mine will be based upon phased-in approach, a responsible phased-in approach with triggers in place to protect against economic downturns. And we can do it. And do you know what, Abdul? Leaders always choose the harder right rather than the easier wrong. Um, what does this do for local governments? Uh, we got the local option income taxes. It's, I'm talking of state income just, tax. So, so my friends at the Association of Indian Municipalities, <laughs> they can help breathe a big giant sigh of relief. Time out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest on the program today is Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch, also candidate for governor, just talking about her plan to uh, axe the tax, so to speak, to get rid of the state income tax. Also about some of the other uh, issues that are out there. Um, obviously, uh, we look at Indiana. You obviously want to make Indiana sort of a uh, sort of the mecca of the Midwest, so to speak. Uh, but also, a lot of those issues are sort of quality of life type issues. It's road, absolutely it's roads, it's trails. You know, the uh, the theory is that now young people decide where they want to live, and they go find the jobs that, that in in the place where they want to live. So, I guess my question is, what would you do to increase Indiana's quality of life apart from eliminating the income tax? You know, and you raise a good point, Abdul. You know. I ran for state representative because when I was in local government, the state was in horrible fiscal condition. And I ran for state representative and I played a key role as state representative, as auditor state, and now lieutenant governor in helping to turn this state around where we have balanced budgets and we have low taxes. The next chapter in Indiana's history is quality of life. And why is that important? You just mentioned it. It used to be that people followed businesses, but today businesses are following people. And people want to live where they enjoy that quality of life. Now, that means different things to different people, right? It, it could be the destinations you enjoy. It could be the amenities you have. It can be the education your children or grandchildren get. It's how safe we are in our communities. It's about our physical health. It's about our mental health. It's about how we care for each other. And we will never... When I'm governor, cast aside our most vulnerable citizens, the unborn, the unelderly, you know, those that are struggling with mental illness and addiction, the disabled, because those are our families, our friends and our neighbors. So being able to focus not only on those physical things like the trails that you mentioned and the restaurants and the entertainment, but also being focused on how to give Hoosiers more opportunities, more economic freedom, more freedom to live the life they want to live without government interference. That's all part of that quality of life that is so important and that will make Indiana attractive. Uh, in addition to uh, quality of life, it's also roads and infrastructure uh, that, that needs to be addressed. Uh, as we move toward <clears throat> more fuel efficient vehicles and electric cars, that means less uh, money in gas tax revenue that'll be collected. Uh, what is Suzanne Crouch's plan to, to address transportation and a sort of permanent road funding mechanism, even though as the as we as we switch to more 
fuel-efficient vehicles and electric vehicles. Sure, and the General Assembly is looking at that. Uh, Representative Jim Presso, who's a dear friend, is uh, an incredible leader and out-of-box thinker in terms of how we can address those issues. I will work very closely with the General Assembly. It's probably one of my greatest strengths is my relationships with the General Assembly, having been a state rep for eight years, and now having been president of the Senate for the past seven years, working with the General Assembly to ensure that Indiana continues to have the best infrastructure in the country will be a top priority. So I think we have to, again, look at new and different ways to do those to be sure that we have that kind of funding. And you're absolutely correct. As we move away from our traditional automobiles, gas-powered automobiles, and we look at moving into more electric and more um, nuclear and more, you know, all those kinds of alternatives, we have to look at how we address that funding formula. Uh, and, and so that'll be a big part of what we do moving forward, because to your point, infrastructure drives economic development. Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch with us for a few minutes on the program today. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, uh, we were all at the Lincoln Day, the Hamilton County uh, Lincoln Day dinner on, on September 11th, where they uh, sort of paid homage and tribute to uh, all the folks in public safety. Uh, you were there, Eric Doden, Curtis Hill, Mike Braun, Brad Chambers. I'm trying to think who else. Um, I'm trying, I, I lose track of who's all running for governor. These yeah, days. right. It grows. The, <laughs> list, the list is growing. Uh, what distinguishes you from all those folks? Well, as I as shared at the Hamilton County Lincoln Day Dinner, I want to boldly lead Indiana into the future. And I am not going to spend four years sitting in an office with my finger in the wind, playing it safe so I can get reelected. We will be bold and I will be transformative and we'll start by eliminating Indiana's individual income tax. But what I bring to the table is the compassion, the experience, the passion to be able to lead Indiana forward and produce results for Hoosiers. Here's the thing. No party, Republican or Democrat, has held on to the governor's office for more than 20 years since World War II. In 2024, Republicans will have had it for 24 years or for 20 years. So if we're going to continue to hold on to the governor's office, we need a different kind of candidate. Now, you put me on a stage with my opponents. There's one obvious difference. <laughs> you have red glasses. <laughs> I got red glasses. That's right. But when you look at the experience at the local and state executive and legislative levels, there is no one who has the experience that I have. There's no one who understands how government works at all levels and how it can work better for Hoosiers. And so I will be bringing those attributes to the office and then combine that with the relationships that I have from being a local elected official, traveling the state, establishing relationships with local elected officials, and then being a state representative, a, a president of the Senate, having those relationships in the General Assembly. You know, people have dreams, and then those dreams become visions, and then those visions become reality through the hard work and relationships. I will have the vision, but I will also have the relationships in the General Assembly as governor to be able to take that bold, transformative agenda and put it into reality where Hoosiers will benefit and they will have more freedom, economic freedom and freedom to live their life as they choose. How's your relationship with Eric Holcomb these days? Do you know Eric Holcomb and I have a great relationship? I have tremendous respect for him. I believe he has the same for me. I don't agree with him on everything, 
don't agree with my husband on everything. <laughs> but, you know, it's important that the state move forward, that we don't see the bickering and the divisiveness and the inability to get things done. You mean what, you're like not, we you're see not at Washington, Washington D.C. You're, you're not the other end of, of U.S. 40? <laughs> That's right, because the heart and soul of this country is not going to be won or lost in Washington, D.C. with their inability to get things done and their constant bickering. The, the heart and soul of this country is going to be won state by state. And I want to make sure that Indiana is not a California, a New York, a Michigan, or an Illinois. I'm running for governor to be bold, to be transformative, and to protect our conservative values. Ma'am, to the governor, always good to talk to you. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you, Abdul. It's good to be with you and to see you always. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.